Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steelers' offense is being built all wrong to win a Super Bowl. Say what? Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Rush the quarterback on defense. Play ball control on offense. And don't turn the ball over. This is the Steelers' tried-and-true philosophy for winning football games. But does it still work in today's NFL? In wake of the Kansas City Chiefs' 38-35 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57, the Steeler way not only seems outdated and stale, but dead wrong in a quarterback-driven NFL where elite teams routinely put up nearly 40 points a game, no matter what kind of offense and defense they're facing. It's a pinball machine league, and today's ultra-mobile quarterbacks, such as Patrick Mahomes, can beat even the best pass rush, as he did versus the Eagles. And ball control doesn't count for much, when the opposing offense can put up seven on the board in less than a minute. The Eagles, who were in the game right up until a holding penalty took the ball out of their hands in the final two minutes, had a better defense and running game than the Steelers. But it didn't much matter against Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Super Bowl soared over 70 points. And among the cream of the NFL, this will be the new scoring threshold. No wonder the AFC playoffs and Super Bowl week brought a fresh round of harsh criticism for this staid, stale, and snail-like offense the Steelers put out there in 2022. Worse, the criticism is coming from those very close to the Steelers' family, it's as if they're trying to stage an intervention to keep a loved one from further harming themselves. As if six long years without a playoff win in Pittsburgh isn't harm enough. Well, for example, we have Doug Whaley. He spent 11 years as the Steelers Pro Personnel Coordinator, and he just told Pittsburgh's 93-7 the fan that the team isn't anywhere close to competing in the AFC playoffs. 
That means the lengthy postseason drought, the team's worst in 50 years, will grow even longer and more painful in Pittsburgh. Whaley need only point to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals to demonstrate how far Kenny Pickett and the Steelers have to go to measure up to the upper echelon of the AFC. Said Whaley, as reported by SteelersNation.com, quote, Joe Burrow had three of his offensive linemen out, three of his starting offensive linemen. If you took three of the starting offensive linemen off the Pittsburgh Steelers, would they be able to go into Buffalo, into that hostile environment, with everything surrounding that Buffalo team and be able to blanket them like the Bengals did? That's all you have to say right there, unquote. And on the great distance between Burrow and Pickett, Whaley said this, quote, that's how far that gap at quarterback is going to be. I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett can't strive and get better and get to that level. I'm just saying you take a snapshot of that picture right now, that's where you are. So I think there's a lot of work to be done, unquote. ESPN's Steelers reporter Brooke Pryor used a Super Bowl post-mortem interview on 93.7 The Fan to fan the flames of discontent over Pittsburgh's underproductive, almost lackadaisical offense this past season. The quick-strike scoring fest that was the Chiefs versus the Eagles Super Bowl should ignite both panic and a sense of urgency to remold the Steelers' attack. Said Pryor, as reported by SteelersNation.com, quote, If the Steelers could make that kind of investment to get an offense together that can score quickly and not just when it's under two minutes or right before halftime, I want to see that kind of urgency early in the game. I think that's the way the entire league is trending to have a score that goes over 70 points. If you want to be successful and competitive, you have to construct your roster for that, unquote. But the biggest blow to the Steelers' offense was delivered by one of the Steelers' biggest stars, the guy they named after a bus, Jerome Bettis. And while Bettis was the definition of ball control during a different NFL era, the current Steelers' biggest dilemma is their lack of any kind of identity. Bettis said this of the nondescript Steelers' offense in a Super Bowl week interview with Fox's Colin Cowherd. Quote, 90% of the teams in the NFL the strength of your team is going to be your offense. The question mark with the Steelers is what type of offense are they? It's been a question mark for the last three years. What are they? You don't know what they are, unquote. Now, Bettis didn't totally bury the Steelers. He did allow for a possible 2023 salvation by saying the team does possess, quote, all the pieces to be special, unquote. And he tipped the helmet to the likes of tight end Pat Fryermuth, wide receivers Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, and running back Najee Harris. 
But above all, Bettis said he believes their second-year QB, Kenny Pickett, is the real deal. Said Bettis of Kenny, quote, I like him. The last four weeks of the season, we saw his development. He started to go out and win football games. That's a hard thing to do for a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback, to go out for the last drive of a game and drive your team down to a winning touchdown or a winning field goal. You've got to be special to do that, unquote. Still, it's going to take a lot more convincing for the rest of the NFL and most especially the odds makers in Vegas to believe the Steelers can become a scoring machine that competes with today's pinball machine NFL offenses. As the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported, the early odds for Super Bowl 58 are out and they aren't pretty for Pittsburgh. DraftKings has the Steelers at a plus 5,500. That's 55 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. By comparison, only 10 teams had worse odds for hoisting a Lombardi to cap off the 2023 season. And the Steelers were dead last in their own division, the AFC North, when it comes to their Super Bowl chances next season. No wonder all of Steelers Nation are looking toward the team's new brain trust of general manager Omar Khan and his assistant GM Andy Weald to work their magic in free agency and the draft to help transform the Steelers roster into a team that can score, if not at will, at least a lot more frequently than they did in 2022. In fact, we're going to take a deep dive into just how Khan and Weald will attempt to accomplish this in this new edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column, First Thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing the Steelers scoring debate to life and to laughs. Right now, let's get right to it. First up, we have Mike DeFabia with The Athletic. He's written a really interesting profile of the guy who will be doing the player evaluations for the Steelers' upcoming free agency strategy, as well as the all-important NFL draft. His name is Andy Weald. He's a hometown kid, and he's learned from the best in the business. Here is DeFabio writing about Weald and how he'll approach building the 2023 Steelers. Quote, in May, new Steelers general manager Omar Khan hired Weald, who had two interviews for the GM job that ultimately went to Khan. Weald has been tapped to serve as Khan's assistant general manager with the Steelers. In doing so, the Steelers brought Weald's football life full circle, allowing the Mount Lebanon native to boomerang back to his hometown and to the same organization that gave him his start as an intern in 1998. To get a, a sense of how Weald will put his fingerprints on the franchise, look no further than Sunday's Super Bowl 
After 11 years in Baltimore, Wield became a trusted voice inside the Eagles scouting department, helping assemble one of the best rosters in the NFL in years. His mentors include Ravens GM Eric DaCosta and former Steelers player personnel chief Tom Donahoe. In the last three seasons in particular, Will took a leading role in personnel decisions as the person responsible for setting the Eagles draft board. While GM Howie Roseman made the selections, Wield ranked and rated each player. He's expected to have a similar role this year in the Steelers' war room. The more you hear about Wield, the more it becomes clear that players he prioritizes are in many ways a reflection of his own tough-minded personality. Quote, you can see an imprint of Andy's values on the Eagles, said Jets general manager Joe Douglas, who worked alongside Wield in Baltimore and Philadelphia. The toughness, the instincts, the competitive nature, guys that love football, you can see that, unquote. Said Douglas, quote, Andy's superpower is really his ability to connect with people, relate with people, and communicate with people to get that information at a school. Wield continued to build the Eagles using a similar formula as at, with the Ravens, one predicated upon defense, strength in the trenches, and rugged competitors. But the process evolved slightly beyond just the physical toughness that Baltimore coveted, the Eagles realized they'd need people who were mentally strong to handle the demanding fan base that infamously booed Santa Claus. Now, Wield prepares for his first draft in Pittsburgh at a critical inflection point in the franchise's history. An organization known for stability saw its Hall of Fame quarterback Ben Roethlisberger and long-tenured general manager Kevin Colbert depart a few months apart last year. There is both an opportunity, including three picks in the top 50 for the first time since 1989, and a challenge to define the next chapter of the organization. Tom Donahoe said that even though Wield had nothing to do with the Steelers' selection, he was a fan of the decision to draft quarterback Kenny Pickett. That's big. With the quarterback in place, Will can now move on to many of the areas the Eagles and the Ravens prioritized, like the offensive and defensive line and the cornerback position. While his process may continue to evolve to fit the Steelers' needs, those who know Will best expect him to attack the new job with the same intensity as the guy who chased down DaCosta on a highway just to say hello. Quote, he and Howie Roseman did a great job of collaborating on the drafts, Donahoe said. I have total confidence in Andy that if the Steelers let him do his thing, they'll have a chance to get similar results, unquote. Hey, that is just a snippet, believe it or not, of this lengthy, lengthy profile that Fabio has written on Wield, his background, uh, all his mentors, it, it, it's a great read in The Athletic, so I really urge you to look it up because this is the guy who is now rating the talent for the Steelers.
Of course, there is another guy calling the shots on the players for the Steelers. He'll be pulling the trigger on the picks, and that's the guy at the top, the new GM, Omar Khan. He goes from being the team's salary cap guru to the executive who will have final say, along with Coach Mike Tomlin, on player personnel decisions that will shape and hopefully improve the 2023 roster. Mark Caboli, writing for The Athletic, looks at how Khan does his Steelers business with all the pressure of Pittsburgh weighing on his shoulders. Caboli writes this, quote, Omar Khan has been on the job as Steelers general manager for nine months now. We, and we've been able to get an ever so quick glimpse at some of the ways he envisions running the organization. Khan has signed extension candidates earlier in the process than usual, Minka Fitzpatrick being an example. He gave a multi-year, second-year contract to a receiver, Deontay Johnson, something the Steelers have rarely done. Khan's biggest accomplishment was pulling off the trade deadline coup of the year with the Bears that returned the 32nd pick in the draft for Chase Claypool. To be frank, it has been basically what we've known from Khan for the past 20 years, a money man with an impeccable resume when negotiating contracts and making the salary cap work. Sure, he added a draft pick via trade, but plenty of that was because of his savvy negotiation skills. If Khan wants to shed that label and be more than just a cap guru in the public eye, he has two months to get a good jump on that. From now until the end of the draft in early May, decisions that Khan makes, of course with the input of Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, and his right-hand man, Assistant General Manager Andy Weald, all of these moves could kick the Steelers' rebuilding process into high gear. On the flip side, a couple of swings and misses could set this organization back years. Here's what Khan said right after he got the GM job. Quote, I have some cool ideas that I'm going to implement, and I'm not going to share those publicly because I don't want everybody to know those. We are going to use every tool and opportunity to get better. Anything that can help us improve and, and win football games, we are going to look into, unquote. But what does that mean? Well, Caboli goes deeper and writes this, quote, I'm sure Khan will have some tricks up his sleeve. We already know the draft board will be different with Weald putting it together as he did in Philadelphia. And Will doesn't break down his scouting with a grade based on what round a player belongs in, but rather based on the player's projected role with the team. Is he a day one starter? Does he have starter potential? Is he a role player, etc.? That will present a different look to the draft this year. We are unaware of any other specifics of right now of how they're going to approach it because that is, well, it's the Steelers' way. They aren't going to do a broadcast to anyone about their philosophies like some organizations do, and you aren't going to see the NFL Network in the war room this year, if you know what I mean. But there will be differences. In a separate article, Caboli noted that former GM Kevin Colbert pretty much ignored two premium positions in the draft, 
that being offensive tackle and cornerback. The Steelers have all but turned away from the offensive line since taking David DeCastro and Mike Adams with back-to-back picks in 2012, and rightfully so. Since fixing their offensive line issues that plagued them more than a decade ago, they have largely ignored the position in the draft and instead focused it on defense, especially at linebacker. They went seven straight years using first-rounders on defense, including five linebackers, Jarvis Jones, miss, Ryan Shazier, hit, Bud Dupree, eh, T.J. Watt, hit, Devin Bush, miss. They've drafted only seven offensive linemen over the past 10 years, and all have been third round or later, with four of the five highest, Chukwuma Okafor and Kendrick Green, both in round three, and Dan Moore Jr. and Kevin Dotson, round four, all of them selected in the past five years. The others were throwaways in Derwin Gray, Wesley Johnson, and Gerald Hawkins. The last first-round choice Pittsburgh used on a tackle was 27 years ago. Trivia, Jermaine Stevens. That could change this year with Wield putting together the draft board. His history of focusing on the offensive line while in Philadelphia, that could put the need to upgrade a tackle high on the Steelers' list. Kaboli says Khan will stick to the basic philosophies of the organization, but he also has an opportunity to make a 9-8 team into a division contender with one swing of the offseason bat. Khan has positioned the Steelers with two picks in the top 32 of the draft, their highest pair of picks since 1989, and their three picks in the top 49, if executed properly, can greatly accelerate the rebuilding process. Simply put, Omar Khan has a chance to turn this team around in one year. There aren't going to be many other times that the Steelers have a potential franchise quarterback getting paid a second-year salary, along with three picks in the top 49, four in the top 80 of the draft, and a roster with one, only one notable player over the age of 30, that being Cameron Hayward. In a league that is built to allow teams to turn around their organization quickly, the Steelers have that opportunity. They did it in the early 1990s, the early 2000s, and the early 2010s and now they have another chance. In those instances, the Steelers enjoyed success before the team aged out, and they were forced to rebuild on the cheap. This roster is different. They have the key players in place at the critical positions, a young roster, and both cap capital and draft capital. But do they have the front office to make the right decisions across the board? We're about to find out that pretty quickly. In what could be labeled the most critical offseason the Steelers have faced since former GM Kevin Colbert signed Kimo von Olhoffen and Brent Alexander in free agency and took Plaxico Burris and Marvell Smith in the 2000 draft. Within two years, those Steelers won 13 and 10 games. No pressure, Omar Khan. 
no pressure, unquote. Hey, great stuff from Kaboli and, of course, great stuff from The Athletic. Looking at the men, the new regime, the new Steelers brain trust behind the draft. And, of course, we're going to be getting into all the picks, the options, and free agency in the draft coming up. But make no mistake, the pressure in Pittsburgh is immense. It's all the pressure of the wider Steelers nation on this new GM regime. That's all. And we shall see what these two new talent evaluators come up with for your favorite football team in both free agency and the draft. It's going to be interesting, game-changing, season-dependent moves. And we're going to cover every rumor, every scouting report, every potential roster move, all right here on your Steelers Update Podcast, which is fresh every Wednesday afternoon. So do yourself a favor, sign up so you get it automatically. And of course, log on to penlive.com for your real-time Steelers news.